Is the influence of the media impacting your family? Are you tired of your kids being bullied by the culture? Come and join us in lively discussion. Join the Godfidence group. Our hosts are real women seeking answers to real issues that are true and relevant to God's Word. While they may not have all the answers, they know the one that does. So, are you ready for some real talk? Join us. Greetings, you've just logged in to Godfident today, and this is a, a teaching uh, or an encouragement, really more of an encouragement than a teaching on something that is incredibly important that we do all the time. We are constantly needing to look at the soil in our life and our heart condition and where we stand when it comes to the matter of forgiveness. You know, the Bible says that we reap what we sow, and if we reap love, we or we sow love, we reap love, we sow joy, we reap joy. Forgiveness is a very important thing to sow. <laughs> I I like to forgive. I really do. It's something that I look for opportunities to forgive. I make sure that I don't have any hard heartedness in my heart because it is such a strong area that the enemy is used. And I just want to read to you a scripture. That's a very powerful scripture. And it kind of, I never will forget when I read this because it's in the book of Mark, Mark eleven twenty five, And it says, whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have any trespasses against anyone so that your father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's pretty strong. That's definitely a word. So today we're going to take a look at some of the things that unforgiveness can do to you, as well as some of the steps, some of the keys, if you will, on breaking free from unforgiveness. Because a lot of people think that it's a feeling that you're, you know, you're just supposed to feel like, you know, something different. And a lot of times the feeling doesn't come until later, but you also can measure where you're at based on the condition of your personal life. But first I want to talk about, uh, the importance of forgiveness, because even the secular world knows that forgiveness will mess you up. According to Mayo Clinic, okay, y'all have heard of Mayo Clinic, right? Uh, they talk about being uh, angry and bitterness in relationships. That's the number one thing that can cause you to get sick and also becoming so wrapped up in the wrong that you can't enjoy the present, uh, the wrong things that you did, the wrong things that you think and being stuck in all of that, becoming depressed or anxious. These are all things that affect your health, but you feel like your life has no meaning or no purpose. Um, and you really just get weighed down with the cares of this world or you lose valuable um enriching in your relationship or corresponding with others. In other words, your relationships are really, really hurt. And so when you're looking at that, those are some of the signs of unforgiveness or some of the things that lead to it, because they literally will tell you that almost all diseases are linked to stress, worry, and unforgiveness. So the Mayo Clinic wrote okay now this is not even we know that the bible tells us that forgiveness will set us free we know that the bible says forgive so that we can be forgiven we know how incredibly important it is we know that the entire christianity religion is based on forgiveness that jesus took for us on the cross right so forgiveness is a big thing but mayo clinic a secular world medical institute is saying the same thing so nobody can tell me that the bible doesn't prove science i'm just saying but okay so some of the results that you will get as forgiving are healthier relationships. 
improved mental health, less anxiety, less stress and hostility. Come on now. Can I get a witness on that one? Lower blood pressure, improved self-image, improved heart health, stronger immune system, and fewer symptoms of depression. So those are eight things right there that the Mayo Clinic says that are results and benefits of forgiveness. Who knew, right? We know what the Bible says, but even the world says that forgiveness is important. So do you want healthier relationships, better mental health, less anxiety, lower blood pressure, improved self-esteem, improved heart health, stronger immune system, and fewer bouts of depression? Then you've just tuned into the right broadcast because we know that God's word is true. And when you've got God's word and then the world is also out there screaming the same thing, then we need to take heed to that. And we need to say, okay. What am I carrying? Who am I carrying? What past mistake that I've made am I carrying? What past mistakes has others done? Uh, we did a whole series, and I hope you will go back and watch them, on the spirit of offense. Offense is rapid. Never before in history have I seen so many people offended. And people will even tell you, I'm offended. That offends me. That offends me. And we've got these whole groups of people that are just all bound up all the time and wanting to cancel culture and cancel people because they're offended with what they say or do. And the Bible says, be not easily offended. So if you're offended easily, then you're going to have a lot of problems with the whole forgiveness thing because you're constantly got to be forget, 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 forget. Why? Because it's toxic. You know, there's a saying that says unforgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. I mean, really, unforgiveness is horrible. You can tell someone is full of unforgiveness when they have a lot of anger and they have a lot of bitterness. And sometimes if you not sometimes, but always, if you listen to their words, you can tell where they're at. You can listen to yourself and tell where you're at. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you've got someone who's always talking, you know, bad about a person, putting them down, things like that. Chances are they have unforgiveness towards that person. If they are talking bad about themselves and constantly putting themselves down, chances are they have a low self-image and have some unforgiveness towards themselves. So what do we do in all of these situations where there's unforgiveness? The remedy is the same for everyone, whether you're trying to forgive yourself, trying to forgive someone else. Uh, it doesn't matter. This The biblical truths still work the same. So I have worked for several years in a role of a biblical counselor. And now I'm a biblical coach and I absolutely love what I do. But I just want to point out to you that everything has a root system. Okay. So if, if we could see someone's life, maybe you see someone that you know and love and they have addictions, unhealthy habits, substance abuse, depression, mental illness, emptiness, poor health, uh, apathy, that just no, no meaning, no, nothing. All of this, just imagine all of that hanging on a tree. And then underneath the root system, we don't see that, do we? We don't see the undercurrent of what has got them to where they're at. But I can promise you underneath that tree of, of um, just torment is the roots of insecurity, resentment, uh, no control, fear, jealousy, uh, guilt, pride, anxious, anger, low self-image. All of that stuff is there, but slap dab it, rooted in the middle of it. Unforgiveness is always there. What do we do about that? We have to get it at the root. 
So I'm going to give you some basic, and these are very basic. And obviously, if you're looking for something more deeper, I encourage you to get with a biblical counselor or get with a trusted uh, friend or a pastor or someone to identify these. I encourage you to read every scripture in the Bible on forgiveness because it will literally change your life. Reading the word changes your life anyway, right? But reading the scriptures on forgiveness will literally change your life. So I want to encourage you to do that. So let's just let's just talk about a few keys, if you will. Uh, one thing that I always ask clients to do is ask the Lord and prayer. That's the first thing. Everything starts with prayer. Everything ends with prayer. Prayer is the key, right? But ask the Lord to reveal to you in your mind the people that you need to forgive. You, you've got to ask him, who is it? I, who am I holding unforgiveness towards? Because maybe you don't realize that you're holding unforgiveness. And then you see a person in the grocery store and you're like, you know, you got that in your stomach and you're like, Ugh. or you have something ugly to say about them to everybody. Ask yourself, why? Why is this coming up? Why do I feel this way? Have I been offended by them? Is there something that I need to release and forgive? Forgiveness has nothing to do with them and everything to do with you. Because Jesus stood on, hung on the cross beaten, bruised, and bleeding out, saying, forgive them, they know not what they do. So if you're sitting around waiting for someone to apologize to you, stop waiting. This is not about them. This is about you. You are the one hurting. They're walking around free out there and you're carrying all that baggage. So once you identify the people that it is that you need to release, the people that you need to forgive, then write their names down on a sheet of paper. You take them one at a time. And uh, and it's it's important that you have to feel what you're feeling. You have to acknowledge the hurt. You have to acknowledge the hate. Uh, you have to be very specific of what you what it is you're forgiving them for and how it made you feel. So, for example, you know, I'll just use um, my dad. OK, I use my dad as an example. I had a lot of unforgiveness towards my dad and I had to go and say, OK, Lord, I have unforgiveness towards my father. So what did he do? Well, I felt like he abandoned me. So, and then take it a step further. How did that make me feel alone? So the person, what they did and the effect of that. So abandonment brought rejection, fear, loneliness, all of those things attached to it. And journal that thing out, get you a pen and paper, get your favorite like colored pen or, or maybe you like to type. Maybe your journal is online or on an app. You go ahead and get those fingers going and you start typing all of that out, how you felt, because you're not designed to carry all of this stuff inside. And people that don't deal with their issues, they get all built up and it comes out of their mouth and then and comes out in unhealthy ways with, for themselves and for others. And it's the poison inside them that makes them sick because they don't deal with these issues, right? Just saying. So the first step is identify them. Second step is, is write down their name. Third step is to make sure that you identify what they did and how it made you feel. And then understand the importance. OK, this is number four. Understand the importance. I'm sorry. Number three, I guess those others can be looped, kind of put them together. Understand the significance of the cross. OK, the cross of Christ makes forgiveness legally and morally right. Jesus took it upon himself uh, to take all of the sins, including yours and the person who offended you. And he died for everybody, according to Hebrews 10, 10. I mean, it's so true. The heart cries out. You know, you're, you're saying to yourself, well, this isn't fair. They, they, what they did to me, 
and they never apologized or I, I just, you know, but it's, where's the justice? Listen, it's the cross. It all took place at the cross. You know, the Lord's prayer says, forgive those as we forgive those or forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Do we really want God to forgive us in the manner that we forgive others? If you're not forgiving others, whoa, I want to forgive freely. I want to forgive without, without, um, any thought to what it is in it for me. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but it unforgiveness will keep you bound up, chained, chained, chained. So then when you really get a revelation to the cross, it makes it easier to forgive, right? I mean, there's, um, you know, there's a lot of controversy about the chosen, but I love the chosen. Okay. There's a scene where Jesus was pouring out all day long and the, and the, the disciples are sitting around a fire and they're bickering at each other and they're all have attitudes. And then Jesus comes up exhausted from his day of pouring out the love of the father. And it's kind of like puts things into perspective. Like what? That's how we need to be. When we have unforgiveness in our heart, we need to say, what? Why am I doing that? That's not that's not God's intention. That's not God's plan. So number four, you decide that you will bear the burden of, of, of a person's sin. And this this means that you may not relate in the future by using information about their sin against them. Like you decide that, you know what, God, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to take this. I'm not going to be mean to them. I'm going to take this and I'm going to take it to you at the cross. And I'm going to say, Father, forgive them. You know, having that empathy for them, right? Empathy for them. Because maybe the thing that they did was done to them. Maybe they didn't know what they were doing. Maybe they did know what they were doing. Either way, we have to forgive them, right? So, but we need to have empathy and we need to ask the Father to forgive them. I know that's that's taking it a step pretty drastic. Some of y'all are going, I'll forgive him. But God, justice, you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You know, I mean, listen, God, people will give an account for every word, thought and deed, unrepented sin. They're going to give an account for it. So that's on God. But we need to decide um, that we are going to allow the Lord uh, to take care of it. And we're not going to retaliate in any way. We're not going to slander them. We're not going to hold them, you know, to some unrealistic, weird uh, standard. I mean, we're just going to let it go. We have to decide that God is the one that we cast our cares on. And so we take that burden and we give it to the Lord and say, here you go, God. It's on you. It's you deal with them. It's, they're yours. They're your creation. They're your, your humanity. But Lord, forgive them. They know not what they do. Right. Then we take that list and praying. You know, I forgive, like in my example, I forgive my dad for all of these things. And then the, the you know, the abandonment, the rejection, the fear, the, you know, uh, lack of support and the, all the things, the things that come uh, along that, write it all out, get it all out and then take that list. And some people will say, keep it so you can remember what you did. But I don't want to pass record. The Bible says that love keeps no records of past wrongs. So I destroyed the list. I was going to destroy it. After I've given it to the Lord, I've prayed and so forth. You can rip it. That feels really good. I like to rip things. Or you can burn it. Or you can just shred it in your shredder. You can just throw it in the garbage or whatever. Because the reality is, is that we don't want to make a records of our own. But we have to choose to remember that we forgot. Does that make sense? We have to choose. Like every time, you know, Peter said to Jesus, oh, how many times do we forgive? Seven. Like it's like some astronomical time thinking he's being very, very liberal with it, you know, and uh, and Jesus said seven times 70. 
And so Peter's like, what? You know, and maybe that person is not going to, you know, do that same thing over and over to you. All of those times, what it means is, is every time you think about it, every time you think about it, you've got to take that thought captive. No, I chose to forgive them. I remember the forgiveness. I remember I'm going to forget what they did and I'm going to focus on what Jesus did for me. Amen. We're not going to hold them accountable. We're not going to retaliate. We're going to let God deal with it. All right. He does. He does everything so much better. So don't expect that your decision is going to result in a major change in the other person's life. Right. It's like, oh, I forgave them and now they're going to be kind and loving and all this. That's on them. That's on them. OK. But also you need to pray for them. And I encourage you to uh, we don't really have time right now to go deep into the word. But, you know, jot down, see Matthew uh, 544. So um, you want them, you know, pray for them. And then also 2 Corinthians 2, 7. But uh, you want them to find freedom. So pray for their, pray that their eyes will be awoken. And is that a word? Awoken? <laughs> their eyes will be open. And then they will be awoken. So, And to the power of forgiveness. And what Jesus did for us. And how we need to extend that to others. I mean, isn't that what we profess to believe? Come on, guys. I'm just saying here. Uh, and then try to understand the people that you have forgiven. You know, don't rationalize their behavior. Don't make excuses for their behavior. Okay. That's completely different. But you you need to understand why they might have done that. The majority of times when we're working through forgiveness, it's not so much what they did. It's our perception of what they did. Right. I mean, I, let's face it. Here's an example. Someone may hurt you and have no clue that they ever hurt you and you're carrying all this unforgiveness and they have no idea why you feel the way you do because it was a misunderstanding. I mean, there's two different types of offenses, right? Isn't there? There's an offense where someone does you wrong. You know, they, you know, the Bible says to pray for those who spitefully hurt you. And there are people that will hurt you because there are broken people in this world and a broken world in much need of a savior. Right. But they literally are, are mean or they're acting out of their own pain. You've heard the saying hurting people hurt people and they do. So they'll say things, they'll do things. So there's those kind of people that will hurt you and you're fully aware that they're hurting you intentionally. Okay. Then there's the people that we think hurt us. Now I just want to camp out there for a second because this is big guys. This is really big. A lot of people out there are carrying offenses against people who have not done them wrong, but in their mind, they've got things twisted. They have looked through the lens of rejection or they've looked through the lens of their own understanding and they think this person has done them wrong and this person has done nothing but try to help them. And but they'll get it twisted. There are people out there that will do that. Their perception is is um, flip flopped. Here's an example. When my granddaughter Kier was little, we were uh, pulled up at a stop sign in a very rural area. And I was kind of lost in figuring out where I was going. So I pull into this church and there's this big sign. And the sign said, criminals beware. Now that's, when I see that sign, I'm thinking to myself, all right, criminals, look out, beware. We're watching you. We, we're not tolerating lawlessness around here, right? 
But she immediately, and she was just an itty bitty. She was like, you know, six years old. And she said, Grandma, let's not stop here. It says there's criminals to be aware of criminals. It didn't say to be aware of criminals. It was telling the criminals to be aware. Do you see how the perspective is different? Do you see how that can get twisted real quick? So we have to stop and say, how are we viewing people? How are we listening to people? Are we really taking heed to what they're saying? Are we looking at it through a distorted lens of our brokenness? When we are hurting, everything filters through that lens. When we are angry, everything filters through that lens. What lens are you looking through today? So if there are people out there and you've been mad at them for years, you know, because sister, sister Susie didn't have you over for dinner on Thanksgiving in, in 2000 and all these years you've been mad because she has not had you. She didn't invite you back then. And so therefore you've declined every invitation then because you're like, well, I really wanted to go that year. Well, maybe she thought you had a skiing trip that weekend and that's why she didn't invite you. And she thought you were going to be out of town. You never know. Right. And so, but if you don't go to a person and say, Hey, can we clarify something? Cause this is kind of bothering me. I don't want anything between us and have a discussion and says, you know what, back in 2020, you know, you had everybody in the family over, but not me. And, and that person can, has the opportunity to say, you know what, and please don't wait 22 years to do that. Okay. Do it quick. Like if it happens last, you know, last yesterday, take care of it today. Don't let this stuff build up. But if that person says, Oh, well, you know, I could have swore I thought you were planning a ski trip that year and you were going to be gone. That's the only reason I didn't extend an invitation is I didn't even think you would be in town. Do you see how much different that could have helped someone out from years before? But yeah, this person is like, man, never invites me. And, you know, that one time she, everybody was there but me. I seen the pictures on Facebook, blah, 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 whatever. Do you see what I'm saying here? That is a case of misunderstanding, misinterpretation. If you are uncertain about something and need clarity, ask. The person needs to have the opportunity not to defend themselves, but to clarify the situation so people don't walk away offended. So those are the type of offenses where really there was no just right to be offended because the person really literally loves you, cares about you, and wants you at their Thanksgiving dinner. So that's just a, a weird example. But it, these things happen, right? Especially around this season. And the reason that we're talking about this right now is because it is the Christmas season. It is New Year's season, Thanksgiving, all of those things where we have time to be around people and get offended more often than not. People that we don't normally see, uh, people that believe different than us politically, uh, people that believe different from us spiritually, and just people that are hurting and that may do or, or something that might offend us. So we have to be quick to take that to the cross and process it. It is very, very important that we do that. So don't expect your forgiveness to change that person. Forgiveness changes us. It keeps us from carrying the weight. It keeps us from the torment uh, that comes by holding on to all that poison and toxic stuff, amen? So expect to see the results in you, <laughs> right? Feel lighter. Let it go. Release it. It's liberating. 
liberating something about tearing up that piece of paper or burning it or shredding it or whatever let it go i get the opportunity in february to speak at a conference in indiana uh and the title is let it go i'm like oh praise god there's so much that we need to let go of so many things that we need to release but forgiveness is the key it is the key that, and and thank God for the lessons that you learned and the maturity that you gained as a result of the offenses and your decisions to forgive them. You know, Romans 8, 28 is one of my favorite scriptures, and it refers to God works all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So he will take all that brokenness and he will work it together for your good. And it's, it's vitally important that we understand that because if we don't see the good in something, we're, we're going to obviously focus on the bad. We have got to find the good. Where's the good? Find it. Look for it. It's there. It's somewhere there. And you can literally change your life by releasing others. And, and helping others let go and forgive too. There are times where you will need to go to that person. If the Lord leads you to go to that person and have a face-to-face -face conversation, don't let it be a, you did this and you did that and you did this. I'm going to forgive you. No, go to them and say, this is what happened. And this is the way it made me feel. And I just want you to know that I choose to forgive you. Forgiveness is a choice. It's an act of your will. It's saying that I am going to put more focus on what Jesus did on the cross than my own feelings, right? Because um, the feelings is part of your soul realm, your emotions. You know, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And you will get in this perpetual circle of just over and over rehearsing it in your mind and getting caught up in it and just over and over and over again. And you'll be so daggone dizzy and so full of junk and so bitter. You know people like that, right? So thank God for those lessons that you learned. I know that God did not cause any of my pain. For example, years ago, I was married. It was a very dysfunctional marriage. You know, there was, um, you know, drug abuse and, and psychological abuse and, and towards the end, physical abuse. And God did not cause any of that. I, as an act of my free will, chose to marry someone that was broken, right? So I cannot blame God. God, why did you let this happen? I let that happen, right? That's a result of my choice. The consequences of choices that we make are going to make a huge difference in everything. And we have to take accountable for our role. But we learned those lessons. I learned valuable lessons there that now I'm able to take and help other people, hopefully not fall in those traps of codependency, right? Because God uses everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. But make sure that you do your part, uh, you know, accept the accountability for your role in it. Confess your failures. See John, 1 John 1, 9. Listen, it doesn't matter what you do. You can go back. Okay. You can go back. And so you gain so much authority in the spirit as being able to walk in love, walk in forgiveness and walk in truth. So when you take accountability for your role, then you get freedom. You get freedom. You have to let it go to be reconciled. So also in your notes, go ahead and jot down those additional scriptures that I gave you, which was 820, Romans 8, 28 and 29. Also, Matthew 5, 23 through 26. There are tons and tons and tons of them. I want you to go and get into your core, uh, your the back of your Bible, if you have a concordance, excuse me, excuse me. If you have a concordance, see, I'm allergic to unforgiveness now. If you have a concordance, go and just read every scripture and liberate yourself. Set the captive free being yourself, right? There's that saying that the person sitting in the cell 
and uh, the, it's unlocked and they're just sitting there. So if you're holding unforgiveness, you are sitting in a cell and you have got to let go of that. You've got to let the Lord heal you, restore you and bring you into that peace that passes all understanding. So uh, thank you for taking time to watch this broadcast. I hope that you watch all the Confident Day broadcasts. There will be individual teachings like this or actually more encouragements, if you will. Uh, and then along with that, we have panel discussions from the Godfident Today team, which is made up of a beautiful, diverse women of God who love you and are praying for you. We have a Facebook group uh, called Godfident Ladies, Godfident Forward Ladies. So feel free to join that group. I want to thank you. And I want to tell you during this holiday season, do not let anything stop you from pressing into the Lord. He loves you. He wants to heal you and restore you. God bless you guys. We will see you next time on Godfident Today.